everybody, and Merry Christmas, and welcome to another Bang Bang Podcast Christmas Cracker. Oh, well, I hope you've had a nice Christmas time. Um, I've had a reasonable one. Uh, we'll break kayfabe slightly. I'm recording this one. These have been recorded after Christmas Day. So it's still Christmas. So technically, if you're from the trade description um, department, you can't sue us. So it is still Christmas. <laughs> but this has been recorded after Christmas. I've had a bit of a, a dicey Christmas, personally. I had a, an encounter with a quite slightly dicey takeaway on the day before Christmas Eve, which left me incapacitated in certain areas of the body for about 48 hours. So uh, this actually is the first drink I've had since pre-Christmas. So, um, But I hope the rest of you had a nice one and haven't uh, got up to any mischief or overindulged in any way. I'm sure you haven't. But, but yeah, so thank you very much for joining us. Um, today, we're coming to the end. This is number 10, Christmas Cracker. I budgeted for 10 originally. And actually, it turns out that uh, we've done 11. So, uh, but this is number 10. And we have, you have a bonus one tomorrow. Um, yeah, so we kind of covered a lot of different areas and times. We've done some old school WWF, some um, old TNA. We've done some WCW. We've done some more modern day time stuff as well. But today, we're headed back to uh, some classic nwa slash almost well pretty much wcw we'll get to that in a minute but my guest today is a man of many a man of many hats a man who wears many hats um a man of many podcasts of many shows many talents um it's mr dr cy powell of the (laughs) 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 of uh of chain wrestling of sjp podcast of the waiting room um and then some future projects coming up as yeah, well that's, that's about it for now i think that's, yeah. for now, that's enough isn't it jesus merry christmas bird. merry christmas thanks for having me on i don't know about wearing many hats i mean my only interesting feature is my hair so i don't like to try and cover that up too much you know well, <laughs> yeah i mean it's, you've got a very luxurious head of hair as well apparently um, so apparently yeah so. i've uh i'm not able to i'm very limited when it comes to hats uh probably slightly related to the, the size of my of my head right i can't wear baseball caps if i wear baseball caps i look like i need to be accompanied by an adult <laughs> <laughs> holding my hand um oh. so yeah baseball cap I just, I just got a baseball cap here actually on the floor i'll give you a, this is a, a visual demonstration for uh, oh. so yeah it doesn't fit that's actually my old man's Gloucester County Cricket Club hat. But, right. but yeah, I can wear like sort of beanie hats and woolly hats. But yeah, that's it for me. I bought a Stetson once. Right, yeah, OK. You can imagine. Yeah. yeah that, I, I imagine that was a real statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I was drunk at the time. So. Um, oh, no. So, yeah. Thank you so, so much for, for inviting me on, my young. You know, really appreciate it. And I want to say uh, apologise for dragging out our, our final you know, finally actually getting the chance to record this, you know, me having COVID and then having internet problems and all sorts of other issues. Every time we arranged a date, I'd have to re- I'd have to postpone and whatnot. So yeah, th- thank you for your patience, pal. That's all right, mate. That's all right. So we'll get down to the, the, the interesting Christmas bits of the, of the show. Um, three questions, which I've asked everybody what's doing these shows. Um, so first of all, we'll go with your favorite Christmas song. It's got to be Slade, hasn't it? Yeah, God, mate, I, 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 I like Slade anyway. I, I, the band Slade themselves are, are yeah. great, great rock and roll band. 
you know? Yeah. So the Slade Christmas record, I can tolerate that. I'm not a fan yeah. of Christmas music at all. No. You know? No. I mean, Mariah Carey uh, just makes me ill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm always, I've always been a bit of a fan of Shaking Stevens ever since I was a kid, so I can tolerate that to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Love a bit of Shaky. Yeah. Gotta be, gotta be Slade, isn't it? I mean, I do have a an album by Twisted Sister called A Very Metal Christmas, and all it is yeah. is Twisted Sister basically rocking up the likes of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and Jingle Bells and all that. Okay. When I when I ordered it, it seemed like a good idea at the time because I'm thinking, okay, at least then I can play some Christmas music that I will actually like around the house. But it is awful. Is it, it is. It is shockingly bad. So, yeah. So I, just, just Slade, I think, mate. But I'll yeah. be honest. When I hear the Slade Christmas record, I want to listen to other Slade then. So it kind of defeats the purpose, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was in my my local pub a few weeks ago, and somebody put put about seven or eight Slade songs on the jukebox. Right. In a row. So. And they didn't play the one Slade song which you always hear this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't one of them, surprisingly, but. And I bet it was someone sat in the corner going, they're more than a Christmas band, you I bastards. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, in one of these previous uh, Christmas crackers, Dan Griffin was under the impression that Slade came from the West Country. Okay. So, <laughs> I think he was getting the mix up with the Wurzels. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, Slade are great, mate. Slade are great. Noddy Holder. Okay, yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit glam, isn't it? Let's be honest. It, it's like, it, it's glam rock, isn't it? 70s glam rock and all that. <laughs> And it's got a certain sound to it. Don't get me wrong, but Noddy Holder, as a singer, as a vocalist, if you just if you take his voice away from the silliness of the sparkly hats and the yeah. big flat trousers, what a voice that guy's got! It's insane. Yeah, yeah, I love a bit of Noddy. Um, favorite Christmas film? Die Hard, and it is yeah. a Christmas film. Straight, I'm out having... the, straight out of the bat, Die Hard. Because I hate Christmas shit, mate. I'm probably the wrong person to have on this show, to be fair. <laughs> well, your your podcast wife or uh step stepfather <laughs> which everybody is mags but um he he hates christmas as well yeah yeah it's i mean i, I don't know i suppose i've got a real weird relationship with christmas because when it's actually here it's okay yeah christmas day this year we we didn't do anything we didn't go to my mum's like we normally do uh we didn't we didn't see anyone we reserved all that for boxing day instead so literally it was just me the missus and my and three of my kids and that was great. That was a real nice day. Um, in previous years, Christmas has just pissed me off because it's so stressy. The wife, yeah. it doesn't matter how much stuff we've bought, how much money we've spent, the wife panics is not enough. Uh, I'm always stressing about time off work or whether I'm going to get back on Christmas Eve in time to sit down with the kids and watch the film that the wife wants us all to watch together. And it's just constant stress all the all the time. It just does my nut. But this year, it was all right because it was a lot calmer. You know, the actual day itself is fine, but the build-up to Christmas just pisses me off, just drives me mad. I'd be quite happy, to be honest. If I was a single bloke, I, I'd be quite happy just sat in a one-bedroom flat on my own, ignoring Christmas, and just come back out Boxing Day. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't have the wife and kids, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I tried to think, like, when I was single, I mean, because from having worked in healthcare from, like, the last 20-plus years, I'd always work Christmas Day, because I'd always want New Year's Eve off so we, it was always like you could work one or the other so okay i'd always work christmas day and you know and then have new year's eve off and new year's day off so i could go on the piss alone um but yeah i know what you mean like it was, it was different like i can remember not really back in back in those days it would, it would just be getting drunk basically yeah. christmas when i was a teenager um and we go to big family things and stuff but like as i've got into an adult well 
I'm kind of, I'm trying. Uh, as <laughs> as wise as an adult, maybe not behaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having the kids and stuff, we always, again, even like in, in later years, I've always tried to get New Year's Eve off because that was uh, the old man's birthday. We'd always have a party on New Year's Eve and for the old man. So I always end up working Christmas to have New Year's off. But like this year I worked Christmas day night shift. So I was off for Christmas Eve, Christmas day. So spending time with the kids and stuff, but it's always like, it would do in the job that I do. You can never kind of like, you know, some of my mates have like two or three weeks off Christmas yeah. time and they can fully kind of commit to the Christmas spirit and overindulging and drinking that kind of thing. Whereas yeah. I'm like, ah, I can't really do that. Cause I've never had the whole working Christmas day thing, but hmm. I, for a long time I worked in retail, whether that was actually as part of the retail thing itself working in the shops or whatever or or I'd, I'd, one of the shittest jobs i've ever had in my life I was a security guard for a while as well so that was working christmas eve boxing day and so on yeah christmas day i never had to do thankfully yeah but i know what you mean with regards to your mates who would have you know even if it was just like they, they'd they'd finish on the 22nd and then be off until after boxing day i was yeah. looked at that and thought jammy bastards that yeah. sounds fantastic <laughs> yeah. you know yeah yeah uh so yeah i know what you mean it's not for not for everybody and again a lot of people and that's one of the reasons that we i tried to do these shows as well over the christmas period was you know if if people do enjoy the show there's something to listen to over the christmas period which you've not heard before and it's new stuff and not everybody wants to spend christmas day or not everybody's got the option of spending christmas day surrounded by family and friends and stuff so some of people if people want to listen to me talk bollocks on over the christmas period then they've had an ample opportunity to do it so Christmas Day for me is a funny one as well, mate, if I'm not going out. Yeah. Like I said, this year, and last year, obviously, with COVID, everything was locked down, wasn't it? So mm. it's a bit of a different scenario. This year, we chose to stop at home. Yeah. And see my mum and dad, uh, Boxing Day, and see the wife's parents, Boxing, and, and so on. It's a funny one for me, because I, I won't do any of the cooking or anything like that, because that, that that's, you know, not from a sexist standpoint, but that's very much the wife's domain. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I refuse. I, yeah, yeah. yeah God damn it, I ain't doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it once, and that was when uh, my wife had come out of hospital Christmas Eve, having just had my youngest yeah. like, at Christmas dinner then, and we'll say that it was mediocre at best yeah. uh, so, so yeah. that's very much the wife's department so so you know we get up here in the morning now the kids are older my youngest is my youngest has just turned 12 a couple of days before christmas she turned 12 and my eldest is is 18 going on 19 so they're not little kids anymore yeah so it's that thing of we wake up in the morning they open their presents then they all piss off elsewhere like yeah. my, my daughter was on a laptop my my other daughter's messing about on a tablet my lad's got a new guitar he's upstairs playing guitar that's it then so you know we're up at seven <laughs> yeah by eight o'clock it's just me and the dog sat in the front room like well, what the fuck are we gonna do now yeah you know whilst the wife's off cooking and i end up just falling asleep and it just seems like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah yeah obviously my two are still like five and seven so they are oh, still yeah brilliant ages then really they's but. still completely on board with father christmas and yeah, yeah. everything so they uh yeah they they really properly love it so see this year my youngest uh, i think last year she, I, she was aware you know but yeah this year's the first year she's kind of told us that she knows how it works and that was uh i'm not gonna lie that was even though i know she knew last year and maybe the year before that was heartbreaking mate yeah but she was she was very much just like yeah i i know how it works dad i'm just like right okay you know it, it kind of it, it was it was a sad moment shall we say you know <laughs> yeah my eldest was asking about uh covid and if 
if Santa Claus could he go to people with COVID? Could he go to their house? Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I think she's thinking about it. Trying to figure out the logistics of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no. So Die Hard was a uh, yeah, a good solid. I mean, it takes place at Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's so, Christmas music, and it's Christmas Eve, and there's Christmas trees. It's a Christmas fucking film. I have this argument with my wife all the time because Sharon, my wife, she's adamant. No, it's not a Christmas film, but we argue about it every year. But yeah, to me, it is. See, I got it in my head that one of the Lethal Weapon films is, is a Christmas film. I think it, you're right. I can yeah. remember the start of one of the Lethal Weapon films. Uh, Jingle Bell Rock is is playing in uh, like the opening kind of scene. I'm not going to Google when Lethal Weapon was set, what time period <laughs> in the year, but um. But yeah, no, good show. And then the 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 topic which has caused the most consternation on these shows, which is the free essentials of a, of a Christmas dinner. See, I don't know, man. That's really difficult, isn't it? Well, I, I gotta be roast taters, isn't it? Gotta okay. got have the roast buds. Um, my wife makes a bang in Yorkshire pudding as well, so I've got to say the Yorkshire pudding's got to be on there. That'll please a certain demographic of the, of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this may be a little bit of a, a, a sort of controversial point, I guess, but chicken, because okay. we don't have we don't have turkey. No, you know, it's not that any of us dislike it, but all of us prefer chicken. So we just get a massive fuck off chicken. And that's that's yeah. what the meat we have. So to me, I can't have Christmas dinner without the meat. So the chicken's got to be there. And the Yorkshire pudding and, and the roast spuds, they're two of my favorite bits as well, I guess. I, I suppose that'd be the three, nine. But if you ask me again in a couple of hours, I might change my mind. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nothing too controversial now. I think, I mean, yeah, chicken, again, if you, there's a reason people have turkey once a year. Mm. Same as a lot of the stuff you have at Christmas, isn't it? It's like, and, yes, again, and you plaster it in cranberry sauce as well, just yeah. that bland, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just tradition. If you like some, then have that, like, you know? Mm. But Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. Yeah, there we go. So, right. Now, these probably... I've done these Christmas crackers. There's a couple of matches I'd never seen before. I'd never seen this match before. Okay. So this was a, a treat to go back and watch. So you'll let the boys and those, the boys and those, the boys and girls know I've been drinking. It's Christmas, for fuck's sake. I let the boys <laughs> and girls know what match you picked. Wait. Yeah. Um, initially, I picked a match that was the only match that was reserved by somebody else already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As far back as that was. Yeah. I, I think it was Millwall Chris who selected the match that I wanted. It was the, literally out of all the wrestling matches that have taken place ever. Yeah, that was the one match that was already reserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was one of the other matches I'd never seen before as well. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, did you enjoy it? Oh, it's mental. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's great. Isn't it? <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Uh, I've gone for I suppose something from a similar sort of time frame, I guess, and that's uh, a combination from the Four Horsemen of Ric Flair and Barry Windham versus a babyface Midnight Express from yeah. clash of the champions four um and i mean that's a weird one for me anyway the midnight express around this time being the be, being good guys is an odd one but flair and i mean flair in 88 is fantastic Wyndham's one of my all-time faves midnight express are brilliant so yeah I, I thought we'd have a look at that one mate yeah definitely so like you said it was strange seeing the the face kind of midnight express but I um did a sort of you know, a bit of background on the match. Obviously, the this version of Midnight Express, which is Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. Yeah. They formed the kind of 1987, and you had um, 
Dennis Condry and Dusty somebody. Oh, no, no, sorry. Again, I read on my notes from two weeks ago. So D- D- <laughs> Dennis Condry left and Dusty picked Stan Lane to to replace him in. in. I, again, I've not seen many Stan Lane matches, but he was quality. He likes, he likes a karate kick, mate. He, he does like a karate kick, yeah. He loves a karate kick, yeah. And he loves flicking his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Dennis Condry went to AWA and then reformed to teamed up with Randy Rose, like the original yeah. Midnight Express man. And they formed their version and they were managed by Paulie Dangerously. Yeah, and they faced off at Starcade a few weeks after this, I suppose, for mm. the, the rights for the name or who was going to be called the real Midnight Express. Or And that's a good match as well, to be fair. Yeah, maybe I, I was going to go back. I've not got back to it, but watching this pay-per-view was like, watching this Clash of the Champions, I was like up for watching True Grit. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. True Grit, yeah. Yeah. And obviously the Horseman at this point, that this is the Horseman because this is the time period where Tully and Arn had buggered off to the WWF to become the Brainbusters. That's right, yeah. So... Yeah, so... I mean, that, that, just before they'd gone, it's kind of my favourite version of the Horseman. Yeah. With Arn and Tully, Window and Flair, that's kind of the horseman that I look at and think that that's what I like the most. But you also had Luger, who not long left the horseman here. And then shortly after this, they start messing around with having Sting involved for a while. Then he leaves. And I mean, effectively, if if you've got Flair, Arn, and then maybe Tully or Wyndham, and they're, and they're turning around to you and saying, hey, mate, come and join our gang. You really yeah. want to be thinking, mm, I'm all right. Because you're going to be there for a few months and then they're all going to kick the shit out of you. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I don't see why people always go, you know, what? that seems like a wonderful idea, Mr. Wyndham. I'll come over there with you. You know, because you end up just getting a paste in. So obviously Tully never came back, did he? No. So he failed the drugs test, didn't he? Yeah. So Aaron was back in not too long, what, about a year after this. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so Rick and Barry Wyndham are the world and US champs at this point. So yeah. it's kind of like the... But but that was why yeah that was why the Midnight Express were faces I suppose because they were being Cornet got attacked and he just before this by the the other Midnight Express the, the other Midnight Express the original, yeah, the original Midnight Express yeah 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 I mean you also get some brilliant um, some brilliant interviews or promos or however you want to word it around this time as well because obviously on the one side you've got Cornet and on yeah. the other side you've got Heyman or Paulie Dangerously. And the likes of Stan Lane and so on. I mean, they weren't the greatest promo in the world, but they could that they, they were okay. But when you're having Cornette and Paulie Dangerously going back and forth on weekly television, yeah. just just having a go at each other and talking about who the real Midnight Express is, it's just it's just great telly around then. And this is obviously building towards that match at Starcade, and Flair and Wyndham are involved in matches at Starcade as, as singles wrestlers as well. So it's it's an odd mix for me seeing the two singles wrestlers as a team facing the baby face Midnight Express when they're normally the heels. But it does work, I think. Yeah. So an interesting fact about Stan Lane. OK. <laughs> this is work on Stan Lane. So, you know, there's this, this uh, Republican American senator called Lauren Bobert. She's the one she's had like pictures on Twitter with her wife carrying machine guns with her, with her wife with her family like all tooled up with guns and stuff and oh no I don't know this but go on <laughs> well go and look her up on Twitter okay and her uh, her father is apparently Stan Lane really <laughs> yeah 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 oh he's like the I think 
he's they there's some dispute about whether that is actually her father i think he didn't take a paternity test but that's kind of the the urban kind of myth and rumor i mean no one's no one's making up urban myths about stan lane are they and i imagine they're quite thin on the ground yeah. <laughs> yeah and again she's not he's not mentioned in her wikipedia page but uh, if you go onto stan lane's wikipedia page it will tell you that he is so yeah so the, the so the mother of congresswoman lauren bobert who's just crazy American Republican, filed multiple paternity suits between 1987 and 1990, alleging that Lane is Bobert's father. A paternity test Lane took in 1990 ruled him out as a father. Oh, God, sorry. And a suit was dismissed. But uh-huh. she's kind of pursued it, that Stan Lane is the um, is this nutcase's dad. So. so even though it's come back that he's not, she's still pursuing it. <clears throat> Yeah, and now I brought it up on the podcast. So uh, was she just like a massive NWA fan? She now? was a big fan <laughs> of the. Uh, it turns out that Dennis Condor is actually her dad. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> and he's still alive, Stan Lane. Yeah, sixty-eight. So yeah, obviously, yeah. so yeah, he could be. He could refute this fact for himself, but yeah, obviously, beautiful Bobby passed away this yeah. year, wasn't it? He he, yeah. went, which is a shame. But yeah, so I think this is the first actual. Stanley match I watched so but I can see why he gives them a bit more of a face kind of because again his moveset is quite exciting the mm. the karate stuff and the sort of power stuff yeah it all seems quite quick as well doesn't it I mean, to yeah. be fair the whole match the whole match does I mean it's not a short match it's, it's no. like 14 15 minutes or whatever but it all seems everything seems quite quick it's like they've they've got a lot to try and fit in to that time frame and I mean the first thing that strikes me when you're watching this back is the awful music the Midnight Express come out to. Yeah. That is. That is yeah, I think, that's a dub, isn't it? I think that's a dub. Yeah, that's a dub, yeah. Because their actual music is a, is a rip-off of the... I did, so, this, so the Midnight Express, the film, Giorgio Moroder did the, did the soundtrack to Midnight Express, the film. And then like there's a, a song on that soundtrack called The Chase, which is kind of what okay. they sort of reimagined for the midnight express if you which right. is what now with um ftr in aw yeah. have you seen their new entrance yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they've got that same music haven't they same kind of yeah yeah yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 but the they managed to, to get the dub on the network is if someone's dubbed a shite version of an 80s <laughs> electro synth thing over the top uh, oh i hate it when they do that i understand oh, no. why because they want to pay the money but i hate it man yeah you know, I think Flair and Wyndham as well look absolutely fantastic when they're coming to the ring. Oh yeah, Flair with yeah. a massive robe and Wyndham just looks badass, doesn't he? Until until Flair takes the robe off and his gear don't match. No, I noticed that as well. He's got blue knee pads on and and what was it like pink boots and yeah purple trunks or something? Yeah, like, it looked not a single looked item matches. No, no. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, so you've got the intros and then it is strange having. I don't think I've ever seen Jim, Jim Cornette as a face. No, that's weird. A very, it? very short time period that yeah. Jim Cornette was a face. Um, but yeah, so the match starts off now. Yeah, this like dual figure four is earlier on. Yeah, on the, I got a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah, it was a good spot, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, um, I, I can't remember what it was I watched recently for, for another recording. But we thought there was a team where five people did that. Yeah. And put those five figure fours. Now that was a bit overkill. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's um, yeah, yeah. Everybody gets their spots in. Bobby Eaton looks 
quality, and he's amazing. Oh, that top rope leg drop he does is it the, yeah. the Alabama Alabama oh, Jam, isn't it? That's it. Yes. Oh, it's so good. So yeah. that glorious mullet flying behind him in the air. <laughs> Obviously, this match really isn't for anything, is it? No, no. But the crowd are so into it, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're absolutely wild. The crowd. But I think that shows how good Flair and Wyndham are as well, because they're so hated. I mean, Wyndham yeah. at this stage is despised because he's turned his back on Luger. Flair's the number one, to me at this stage in 1988, Flair's the number one wrestler in the world. And he's a heel. And he's yeah. so freaking, I mean, I don't need to tell everyone how good Ric Flair was, but then he was, he's, he's the man, isn't he? He's just an absolute god at what he does here, you know? Yeah. And every time the Midnight Express get a shot in, the place goes absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, again, before the, before this match and I've watched his pay-per-view I watched his uh, Clash of the Champions and Luger's there kind of as like a co-summarizer with Tony Schiavone and he's not very good <laughs> he's not very good <laughs> surprisingly enough no he's not the best yeah amazingly Luger's personality doesn't come across very strong <laughs> no 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 I know that'll shock some people <laughs> but they should have like oh, we, we, I need I'm, I, I haven't watched Starcade yet but but it's being built, and obviously they're pushing Lugo heavily at this time. But spoilers, Flair goes on and retains, and it's Starcade. Yeah, and that's not the first um, the first time they met either, because they wrestled. No. I think it's like the Great American Bash was the first one. Well, I so it was the, a few months yeah, back. The second clash of the champions, they beat up Lugo, don't they, in the in the car park, and like he's wearing all yeah. white, and he's covered in blood, and because it's to do with uh, he's uh, Lugo leaves the Horsemen ultimately because there's a, a, a effectively a battle royal. And J.J. Dillon is in the Battle Royal with the Horsemen. And he says that it's always been his dream to win this bunkhouse-style Battle Royal match or whatever. And the and the, the final few in the ring end up being Luger, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard and J.J. Dillon. So Tully and Arn give J.J. a hug and say, right, we're jumping out, we're going to let you win. Luger's like, well, I'm not going to do that. Throws J.J. out, wins it for himself. So the Horsemen are like, well, you're actually not a team player. And it kind of goes from there. Yeah, Luger then wrestles, and but you know he's obviously not the most talented guy in the world. Don't get me wrong, but the fans are behind him. The fans yeah. love Lex Luger here. He's he's like he's a super over baby. He's he's what he's what he's what Vince McMahon would have wanted Luger to have been in '93 because the fans are massively behind this guy because the Horsemen are doing such a good job of being hated by proxy yeah. loving Luger. When he actually gets his title shot against Flair, he has the most ridiculous finish ever where he bleeds a little bit. So the rest stops it for excess blood loss. I've read about Ric Flair's in the ring. Yeah. Ric, Flair, Ric Flair sneezes, his forehead falls apart. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and they turn around and say, okay, the match is stopped because Luger's bleeding too much. So then you end up with the, going into Starcade and the rematch. But Luger loses there as well. Mm. They never quite just kind of pulled the trigger on him when he was white hot at this time, I think. Yeah. I suppose it might be. Because when did he lose to Garvin? Was that 88? Who, Flair? 87, yeah. Flair, was that 87? Starcade 87? That was, was yeah, that was kind of roundly seen as a mm. disaster, wasn't it, basically? Yeah, Garvin won the title. I think, did Flair <laughs> win it back at Starcade, or did he defend it at Starcade? I can't remember now. Oh, yeah, sure. it, yeah. it didn't It didn't go well. <laughs> no. Because no. at this point, I suppose, who was who had beaten Flair? So obviously Dusty mm. beat him, didn't he, for the title. Garvin must have beaten him at some point for the title. But apart from that... Yeah, that was kind of it, wasn't it, really? There wasn't anybody else, was there? Obviously, until, I suppose, after the year after this, would have been... Well, Sting well, was champion, he? Sting was Steamboat, didn't you? Yeah. The Steamboat trilogy. Sting was 90. Yeah. 
Sting was 90 when he started getting really in the title picture. So, and then yeah. Flair, Flair by sort of mid 91 had, had, had gone to WWF, hadn't he? So, yeah, and then it was anybody, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anybody fancy to go, yeah, the repo yeah. man, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, this is obviously Orton gets stuff in, Stan Lane gets stuff in, the heels get the stuff in, and then yeah, Paulie turns up, doesn't he? I'll buy on the phone, you don't selling get that back anymore, do you? Hmm. It's the old like a little corner, you know, like, almost like we do in on a box. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, like yeah, now, yeah. me and you talking. It's like I could yeah. be falling dangerously in the corner of the screen. That, yeah, you know, you don't get that much anymore. No, and it was good because obviously you could you could film those, you could edit them, you could script yeah. them, you can kind of, can you? It's somebody in a box in the corner. Perhaps they should have put Luger in the box and just edited Maybe. that to death. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the finish is Alabama Jam, and then. JJ tries to get involved and Cornette comes around and cracks him with the fucking yeah. tennis <laughs> So like wild cheers for Cornette. Yeah, people cheering Jim Cornette is so surreal. But yeah. JJ's chucked his boot in and like, his flare hits Bobby with the boot and just yeah. rolls Wyndham on top of Bobby and, and he gets and pinned. And that's that, isn't it? I mean, yeah. To me, it, it's brilliant. It's, it's so simple. Like, yeah. I think now, tag team wrestling now, present day, is so hit and miss because I mean I, I'm a big fan of the Young Bucks I'm a big fan of the Lucha Brothers and all that in AEW because yeah. I think that's that's tag wrestling as good as you're going to get it nowadays FTR as well I'm a big fan of yeah but it's still not it's still a lot of flying around a lot of a lot of moves that maybe aren't as realistic if you try to look at it from a, a kayfabe standpoint I suppose yeah this to me shows that tag wrestling doesn't have to be that way it's it's two good guys versus two bad guys the finish is simple but effective the the match itself it, it, it's there's always something going on there's never a lull in the action and it's just it's just four people i think who are, who are very talented doing what they do very very well yeah i mean to be fair in this match you've probably got three of the greatest of all time yeah and i'm also standing and Stanley, yeah. <laughs> but, but you can do a kick, mate. You can do a kick. Oh, you look the business in this. Again, this is the first time, the first sort of big match I've ever actually taken notice of Stanley in. And yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. Again, he helped with selling them his faces, I think, because he get he looked the part and he had the, the exciting move set rather than you know, Dennis Condry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lover boy, yeah. <laughs> when you think yeah. about it, you think about the the dynamic they had for a great portion of the eighties, and I suppose it went into the nineties and beyond. We had the Midnights and the Rock and Roll Express, and obviously yeah. the Rock and Roll Express were hugely popular babyfaces because yeah. they were good enough wrestlers for the men to want to cheer for them. But they looked where they did, so the women adored them. Yeah, you could imagine Stan Lane, I suppose, in a way, crossing over to that side because he's a good looking fella the women were cheering and screaming for him but he yeah. was also as, as as you said andy doing stuff in the ring that uh, as a bloke watching you thought okay yeah this guy's quite good you know yeah yeah it's a shame so they only had what they're only a couple of years left of the yeah. midnights weren't they mm-hmm. um so and the Stanley, he went to he moved across and he to wwf but he never really i think he was more of a an announcer wasn't he, when he moved over yeah it's size wise i think he was challenged a bit there wasn't he because you think even even going into the early 90s with the likes of i mean brett and sean coming along changed it a little bit i guess but in 92 you were still having wrestlemania headlined by hogan and sid stan yeah. lane standing next to those monsters he, he wasn't a big fella was he so that probably hindered him a little bit there i guess 
Yeah, yeah. He was on Superstar with Vince as a as a, as a commentator. Fantastic. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Next to Vince, yeah. Vince just screaming at you, and you're, you're just sat there like, I was one out of the Midnight Express one. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually quite good at this at one stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, that was a good match, a good choice, and again, something I hadn't seen before. And um, yeah. I love, that. Was, I love that era, man. all that sort of old NWA, WCW. That's, that's right on my street. I love it. And there's a lot of talk in there because this is the time when Turner had just kind of bought them out at this point. Yeah. But not quite had the effect of. So there was a lot of chat about Ted Turner this and Ted Turner that. But yeah, yeah. Sort of late 88, he, he bought them out. Yeah. Uh, $9,000, apparently. He bought the yeah. whole thing for, you know, which is insane considering how much they were spending on jets and limousines and that sort of from 85, 86 and all that, how much money they were spending. Yeah. But I suppose similar to when Vince bought it how much money they were spending at one stage WCW then Vince gets it for two and a half million yeah it just shows how badly managed this company was by pretty much everyone who bloody owned it <laughs> yeah well again there were some the excesses of like the the dusty period in the yeah. mid to late 80s um I know yeah it, it seems to be but this is kind of like a a like the beginning point of but like, there's a lot of amazing stuff again I need to go back I've only watched probably two clash of champions so i need to that might be something we do in the future is is go back and do all the clash of the champions and yeah you tend to find some of them have got some real sort of hidden gems in there like matches that almost feel thrown together just yeah. to fill a bit of tv time whilst further up in the card they're being used to build for the next pay-per-view uh, and so on uh, around this time as well i mean dusty was obviously dusty Rhodes was obviously the, the main booker for a long period for jim crockett promotions it's around this time Dusty leaves as well. Yeah. The whole spike in the eye storyline. <laughs> that, that's one of the main reasons he got the sack, because that he was told on the new Turner TV station, we don't have blood. Almost literally the next week or the, the month after, or very soon anyway, it was almost like Dusty said, well, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm going to bleed all over the place for the sake of my story. So they sacked him. So yeah. that was kind of, you know, so much change, Andy, like you said, so much change was going on around this time. Yeah. 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 Well, mate. Well, thank you very much for uh, for coming along for a for a Christmas cracker. No, I enjoyed it, bud. I loved it. I, I love I love watching this era of wrestling, especially if someone's not seen it before. It's great. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of this stuff I've not. You know, when we've been on the previous episodes, we've gone back and watched old stuff. I've pretty much seen all the WWF stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, um, but a lot of this WCW stuff I've not seen. I'm seeing it for the first time, and that can be a good thing in the case of this, and then in the case of watching. The, the Star K2000, not such a good yeah. thing, but there we go. <laughs> that's a bit ropey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, mate, so thank you very much, and thank you for listening to us, guys. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a special bonus Christmas cracker. Um, but yeah, but keep enjoying yourselves. Uh, have a nice Christmas, what's left of it, and we'll see you tomorrow. Take care, guys. See you later. Bye. Love you lots. <laughs>